Hey everyone and welcome back to the Rowdy Podcast. I'm your host Rowdy. In this week's episode we will talk about where I've been the last couple of weeks as well as the most recent video that I put out in YouTube. Um, So stick around. It should be a pretty interesting conversation. And uh, again, as always, if you guys are looking to partake in the conversation, don't forget to send me an email at therowdypodcast at gmail.com. Rowdy is spelt R-O-W-D-Y. Again, that's therowdypodcast at gmail.com. Stick around. All right, welcome back, everyone. So obviously, we're going to start with the the George Floyd killing. Um, I'm sure everyone's heard about it. I'm not going to go too in-depth on the actual video that came out uh, or Officer Derek Chauvin uh, and his terrible actions. I think everyone in America kind of has come to the same agreement that that was just straight-up murder. Um, but one of the things that's really important about that scenario and how it has affected America moving forward is that there was somebody there with a camera, right? So let's highlight that fact. This is why recording police interactions is so important. Not only does it help you if it's you and the interaction uh, regarding conversations you may have to have in court, um, evidence that may have been misconstrued, those types of things, but it also shows why some cops don't like being filmed because they can't get away with things like that. Now, again, this isn't all officers. And, and I try to make a really good um, uh, correlation between bad interactions and bad cops, decent, intera- decent interactions and good cops. So I've always said, and I'll continue to say that uh, humans are a lot like animals. Uh, think about your household dog or pet. How often do they respond well when they're getting a treat? Usually when training a a dog, uh, you would then first entice them with that treat, right? So a positive reaction uh, into the scenario and and getting the reaction that you want from from that dog. So humans are no different. Um, If you're at work and you do something good and people recognize you for it, you get the bonus, you get this, you get that you're going to continue to want to do those things to continue to get that recognition. And you know, you're on the right track. I mean, that's just, just how it works. So we need to make sure that we're not only reinforcing positive engagements, but obviously we need to continue to show the negative engagements so that we can, we can kind of say, Hey, that's not acceptable. And, and you have a large group of people that will then say, Nope, that's not okay. We're not going to allow that. You will be exposed. And everyone will see your actions on camera and the, and the video doesn't lie. And a lot of times you notice with my videos and a lot of other auditors, uh, they don't edit the videos, the video with that interaction part out. Um, I leave those types of things uh, all together. I don't cut anywhere. I don't even stop the video. I'll put a little blurb at the bottom or something to just say what what's kind of happening in, in the background or whatever. Um, just to kind of add to the dynamics of that situation so the viewer can understand the full the full experience. So I think that's really important. But this this George Floyd killing is is going to change America fundamentally. Okay. Yes, he was a criminal. And I'm not gonna sit here and say, like, oh God, George Floyd was such an amazing man. It doesn't really matter. And it's not up to the police officer to make those decisions. And he cannot justify his decisions based off of George Floyd's past. Regardless, 
of all of those things, whether or not he's on drugs, the Constitution still applies. Okay. In fact, the Constitution is there to protect you so that everything that happens from that moment forward keeps you safe. Whether you've broken the law or not, it doesn't matter. Even if you have, if you're suspected of breaking the law, you're required to have a trial, a fair trial, a speedy trial. These are all important things. Things can't just be you know, found and used against you if they're not done correctly. You know, the Fourth Amendment still applies. The Fifth Amendment applies. I mean, all these things are so important to the fundamentals of our country that I think this is going to help bring it back center fold. And, and that's so important because right now or before this, Officers kind of had this ability to just do what they wanted to do. Not all of them, you know, not all of them are going to go out there and invade people's rights, but some of them who have been on the job for too long, who don't care and feel like they're untouchable, this should rattle their cage. This should let those specific officers know that they are not among friends when they are out in public and trying to invade people's rights. It will not be tolerated and it will not be allowed. And we'll go through every legal means necessary to enforce the laws and rules that they should be upholding and abiding by. So I think that's very important. So I'll end it with just the fact that I think moving forward, this is going to be kind of in a sad way, a, a revolution towards towards fixing uh, the police departments and how they interact with the public. Um, so, so I'll leave it at that, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Don't forget to send me an email at the rowdy podcast at gmail.com. Uh, the next part I want to talk about is kind of where have I been the last couple of weeks? I do apologize for not putting content up on the YouTube page or, you know, recording some of the podcasts, but, um, honestly, I had some calls from some friends, uh, that were also in special operations. They called me and said, Hey man, uh, we need some help. We need security. Here's the different things that are going on. Uh, here's where we can get in uh, and fit in. So it was. I started off doing security for apartment complexes. The owner of the apartment complex, uh, or several buildings, I should say, um, had called and wanted us to just have armed security there while the looting and rioting was going on. Initially, it was kind of slow. I think the first night, uh, I had a kind of a, a quick, crazy interaction. Four vehicles uh, full of people had pulled up while I was walking between the two buildings is about a block and a half separate. And, um, you know, they pull up, they start yelling and cussing and getting out of the vehicle. And I put my hand on my pistol. I was open carrying, wearing a plate carrier and everything. And uh, I put my hand on my pistol. And, um, you know, of course at that moment they kind of realized, Oh, this is not a cop. And this is not just some average Joe that we can do whatever we want to. So they immediately started getting back into the truck. And one guy said, what are you going to shoot me? And I, I just calmly said, I don't want to, but I will if I have to. Um, and from that point, they just, they all just took off and, and left me alone and left us alone. And in fact, I didn't see them again the rest of the night uh, that I know of. Um, a lot of vehicles flying past the building, uh, you know, going 60, 80, uh, you know, in a 30 mile an hour zone, um, going the wrong way in traffic, people standing on top of the cars as they're flying down the road. But for the most part, I, I honestly believe that because we were, and there was a team of us, uh, the reason that I think we didn't get messed with too much and the buildings weren't looted or, or anything was because we had that presence of, of just private security being out there, 
Um, and we were still kind, friendly, all those, all those things. But I think that really helped. Um, the next thing I ended up doing was I ended up working uh, with another company um, doing private security for news companies while they tried to get the story out um, and all the different things that were happening. Um, so I just walked around with them. Uh, again, it was an interesting experience. I did. Uh, I worked for a total of two different news organizations, major national news organizations, uh, just keeping their correspondence safe and, and their camera crew and sound. So um, a really interesting kind of situation I never thought I would deal with. I would also say it's really sad to be in in America in your you know you know your now hometown originally I was born in uh, Georgia but to be in your now hometown and uh, and to be walking the streets you know wearing bulletproof vests and and depending on the scenario what we were doing you know wearing an AR um, those kind of things I think by far the craziest night uh, was um, Friday. Uh, so right before all the looting and stuff kind of got brought to an end with the National Guard and police uh, doing their thing, um, you know, it was lawlessness. Um, it, it was just insanity. So we had ended up getting told that there was another building that was owned by uh, this property management company. And apparently the security team that was supposed to, and it was a, it's a large security organization, uh, national or international even, um, and they were a no-show uh, and refused to come out um, because it was too dangerous, they said. So um, obviously myself and, and my friends having a lot of military experience and deployments and stuff, we, we decided to go there, fully kitted out with the uh, plate carriers, AR-15s, um, sidearms, uh, and we just kind of hung out around that building. And that one was was crazy because we were off of Lake Street. And if anyone's followed where this all kind of started within Minneapolis, Lake Street, you know, the third precinct was, was farther to the east. But the fifth precinct, which they almost let fall that night, uh, was right down the road from where the building we were protecting was. Um, and this apartment complex obviously had children and, and families and stuff like that above the, uh, above the, the target that was on the first floor. So... Um, kind of crazy experience, like I said, just just dealing with that and, and, and trying to manipulate that situation without obviously hurting anyone. I'm totally all about like exercising your First Amendment rights. I think that's pretty clear with what I do. People yelling, people saying, you know, you're not going to tell me to go home just because it's eight o'clock. I mean, by all means. What I don't like is when people are literally setting buildings on fire and they're not even doing police stations. They I mean they started with an auto zone. Um, that's that's jobs within the community that uh, that are needed, and they don't even affect the police department. I mean, in the end state, all you're doing is hurting your own community and the people that you're trying to help protect and uh, spread the message about. So, to me, that was terrible. Um, and they did try to start our building on fire. You know, even though it's an apartment building and it has you know kids and families in there. Uh, people were still trying to start it on fire. Um, the target on the downstairs, one of our big concerns was, you know, it was all boarded up, but it had already been broken into the night prior before we got there. And so uh, people had started to rip the panels off of the building on the backside. And so obviously when we go around, we would, we would check everything out around the whole entire building. But um, at one point I heard something inside of, of, you know, the target behind me. 
And so I ran around the building and noticed, oh, sure enough, somebody had gotten in. And so myself and one of my teammates ran into Target. And originally, I thought they had already started a fire because it was really smoky. But I think what ended up happening is they had uh, some sort of fire extinguisher went off or something. Um, I don't know if it was a system that they had or if, if that person actually grabbed a fire extinguisher and just started spraying it. But, um, you know, when we got in there, that was the big concern is are they going to start it on fire from within the store? Because then at that point, we have to evacuate all of the families and stuff out of the building uh, as safely as possible. Uh, so we got in there, we chased the guy out. Um, you know, I was going to obviously grab him and just hold him, um, and ask him what the hell he was doing. And is it, was he, did he start a fire somewhere, but he got out of the building. So we had to go through and make sure there was no fire. So we could obviously react accordingly. And that was probably the, like, I, I would guess the most intense, uh, part of, of, this whole entire event besides getting rolled up on by four vehicles. But, uh, after that, it was just a lot of, a lot of people saying, fuck you. And, you know, I said, we're not cops. I had a vehicle that, that rolled up. It was a stolen state patrol vehicle, uh, parked right next to our building. And I walked up and, you know, things got a little tense for a second. Cause they, they popped their heads out of the car, looked at me and I looked at them and I said, I'm not a cop. I don't really give a shit what you're doing. Can you just not do it by this building? Cause we're private security for this building. And you could just see the relief like drain down their face. Like, oh, okay, good. And I was like, yeah, man, I don't give, I have no stake in that. I don't give a shit. Just leave this building alone. And they were cool about it. They got in the vehicle, they took off and whatever. And it was, it was cool. So, um, you know, obviously interesting experiences were had by all. Um, and I'm sure watching this, you know, unfold on media, on, on social media and on, on mainstream media and all, all the above were, or probably interesting for everyone in America. It was an interesting time, um, and, and turning into civil unrest, and, and then going through that. I didn't see police until like three or four that following morning. Um, we were pretty much on our own. So uh, you know, and again, I'm not opposed to law enforcement. I'm I'm a uh, one of the things that does bug the shit out of me is how the response has been from some law enforcement individuals. I mean, shoving the old guy and making him crack his head open, um, stuff like that. I mean, you just see some stuff where you're like, what the hell are y'all doing? This is not how you're going to combat, you know, a very negative view of law enforcement right now. You can't turn around and say, well, in order to to make you all think that we're good people, we're going to continue to do bad shit and hurt individuals that are not hurting us. That's not going to work. That's not going to fly for, for the American people. And we see that. We're watching that. Um, and again, more and more videos are coming out. And it's a really important thing to videotape all those police interactions because I'm hoping what comes out of this is that the threshold for, for immunity is, is lowered, right? So there needs to be a threshold, obviously, for a certain aspect. But I would also say even for civilians, there should be some sort of implied immunity if you're reacting to somebody breaking into your home and you shoot them i don't think you should be able to be sued civilly if they're you know invading your home but that's a different topic for a different time um that being said i, I obviously hope that that this does become uh you know the change that we need um, i hope it forces that at least and so we need to keep filming these interactions keep highlighting and showcasing good behavior and sh highlighting and showcasing bad behavior and saying this right here is what we're not going to allow. And you are going to be held accountable for the actions that you take out on the streets. 
uh, against the people you're supposed to be charged with protecting. So that kind of wraps it up in its entirety. I mean, overall, I think it was, it was a crazy couple of weeks. Um, you know, obviously I got to make a little bit of money and, and see the inner workings of how mainstream media works and how they do these stories in this chaos. Um, and I got to talk to people who obviously run around the country and even the world filming terrible events. And, and I got to ask them what their thoughts were about what was happening and what we were immersed in. And, and interestingly enough, a lot of them said, you know, this is, this is crazy. You know, myself being on three combat deployments, it was crazy. I mean, it, it was just out of place for what you're used to experiencing in America. Um, so kind of wild, kind of crazy. I hope I never have to deal with it or go through it again. Um, I also hope that there's changes that come from this. I think all Americans realize, yeah, there's something wrong here. There's, there's a power problem, and we need to take that power back from all elected officials as well as law enforcement. Um, and we can't forget that elected officials are also in control of this. I mean, we're talking about a, you know, a Democratic police chief, a Democratic mayor, and a Democratic governor. There is no party difference, really. It's, it's, the only difference is what the politicians are saying to us. They both come from two different sides of the aisle, but the end state is that this still happened, right? So it doesn't really matter. It's not okay. And we need to hold those people accountable, regardless of what party they're with. In fact, we need to quit playing the party game in general. Look at facts, look at this, the statistics, and, and focus on those things, and then vote regarding those things. Uh, that's so important. So anyways, now to the video that I recorded yesterday, uh, June 10th. Uh, I went out to Maplewood Police Department, among other places. I didn't really get any great footage. The only other thing that had happened, and I tried to get to, I did get to, I guess, but didn't get all the content that I wanted. Uh, there was a shooting that I responded to in St. Paul. Um, obviously, wore you know body armor and stuff like that, uh, and I kind of missed most of it. There was a chase apparently that transpired after the shooting, and then the vehicle crashed. But I couldn't locate that, and I was on foot, so whatever. Uh, part of just doing First Amendment audits and stuff like that. And then I also went to a uh, park um, somewhere by St. Paul. I guess I don't remember exactly where. Where. I'd heard on the on the scanner that there was a, about 20 people fighting with baseball bats and stuff in the park. But when I showed up, there was no... In fact, I beat the police there, uh, which is sad because I was like seven, eight minutes away. But there was, no, there was no fighting there and the police didn't have anyone. And so I, you know, I filmed them for a little bit and uh, there really was no interaction there. But uh, the Maplewood Police Department... so. I showed up there. Obviously, I parked far away, um, and I usually always do that. So I park really far away, and it kind of sucks to like walk in, and especially if something's time sensitive, like there's a call that's going on. Um, depending on what it is, I won't even go to it because uh, I, there's no time for me to park the car far away and walk. You know, the ten minutes that it's going to take um, to do all that. So a lot of times, it's easier for me to do that around a police department where the department's not going anywhere. So I can park, you know, a half mile, a mile away, walk there, do my filming, walk back, make sure that there's nobody following me. And I do that for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, anonymity. And then number two, um, I think it, it also goes to show that it could be anyone. I don't want them to think that I traveled to that department. I want them to realize I could be a resident that lives right next door. Um, and so by not letting them know where I, where I came from, they don't have an idea, um, 
and I don't ever tell them I'm from this town or I'm not from this town, generally speaking. So um, I keep things really vague. So, you know, initially when I showed up, I walked down. It's a really, really pretty setting. Um, I don't know if you guys follow Amagansett Press. Um, I, I just love and watching The Watchmen. I love that channel. I think that the way that they do it is just absolutely awesome. I think they're really professional. Obviously, they stand their ground um, just like I do, and but they always try to keep it professional and they explain specifically what's happening because uh, you can't deny that, right? So uh, if I turn around and something happens where my rights are invaded and I have a video with me explaining specifically what I'm doing and why I do it, well, what do you, I mean, I've given you my intent. Obviously, I'm there with a camera and battery pack and all this stuff and I have videos online. So it just goes to further my my story. And, and it crushes that that narrative that I'm up to no good or something nefarious. So anyways, um, I go down there and it's, it's a really pretty background. And so I tried to showcase that a little bit, kind of just taking notes from Amagansett Press um, just to kind of see the area and look at the building. Um, so then I walked around the building after filming some signs and stuff. I did film the memorial that they had there a little bit and just took a second to look at that and, and appreciate that. And then, uh, when I got around the building, I noticed this really cool area where it kind of opens up into almost like a courtyard feel. Um, but unfortunately they didn't have any benches or anything like that. Like I would have expected to see there. And honestly, what I would have put in myself, um, so, you know, uh, as I'm, I'm kind of walking around and just admiring it and, and, and the beauty of it all, I turn around and I see an officer kind of peeking around the corner that I just came from. And so I, I think I said something like, uh, you know, oh, there's somebody over there. I'm going to take a look. And I didn't realize that there was a whole group of them behind him until I started to approach them. And I saw another officer move to uh, my left, that officer's right. And uh, as I got closer, one of the officers, a female on the far left in the video just looks to her partners and says, he's an auditor. And so I thought, well, that's really good. I like, I like that you are aware of that. Um, and so I just confirmed, I said, yep, that she's exactly right. That's what I am. Um, I asked them how they were doing, you know, they just said they're good, but you can kind of see everyone was kind of like, well, okay, what's gonna, what's, what do we do now? There's nothing really going on. This guy seems friendly, you know, what's the deal? So I just said, I'm just filming. And, um, one of the people, you know, uh, just kind of, she said something like, oh, okay. I said, it's a really pretty day out. They all agreed. I said, you know, were you guys alarmed or something? And and she said, well, we were just checking out what's going on. We weren't sure people walk back here and stuff. Normally it's not normal. So, um, you know, and I said, well, I'm not here to do any ill will. And of course she immediately started with, well, I didn't, I didn't accuse you of that. Or I didn't say that. And I said, I, I understand, but you know, basically I know the dynamics of what's been happening in the twin cities in the last two weeks. I understand what's happening in general with law enforcement in the community throughout the country now. So I'm just telling you, I'm just saying to you that I don't have any ill will. I don't have any intent to, to throw bricks at buildings or break windows or whatever it is that I said. And, uh, and she said, okay. And then that's when I noticed the right of me, uh, he must've come out a different door, but the sergeant had approached to my right. So I turned and, and faced him and we had an interaction there. And it was Sergeant Fitzy, I believe is his name. Um, you know, and so at that point, uh, I kind of thought, okay, well, they know I'm an auditor, which is great because that precedent means it's been, it's that precedent's been set, um, for them to understand the importance of it, what's, what's happening and, and inevitably what is going to happen. 
um, either way this goes. And so uh, little did I know he wasn't privy to that conversation and I don't think he got the heads up. So of course we, we start to have an interaction. I could tell he was really nervous. Um, and so, you know, he, he, he asked me if he can help me. I said, you know, no, I'm good. Um, and then I kind of just quickly was starting to explain what I was doing there. And I asked him for his name and badge number. And then he asked me for my name. And so at that point I said, no, I prefer not to give that to you. And I think he was nervous, but he still was intrigued and he wanted my name, uh, because he feels that that's what he should get for some reason within that interaction. And, you know, I said, I don't have to give it to you. And he, he acknowledged, no, you don't have to. And he, you know, throughout the conversation acknowledged that I wasn't doing anything illegal and that everything I was doing was completely legal. And that's important because anytime this goes downhill, I don't know. And he doesn't know if this is going to go downhill, but anytime that it may, I'm going to turn around and say, look, the acknowledgement was made. I'm not doing anything illegal. Very similar to the St. Louis Park Police Department and Officer Hines, who, you know, obviously, if you're familiar with my channel, you know that he, you know, gets the total F uh, for the interaction because he admitted that uh, I wasn't doing anything illegal, but that, you know, he was going to detain me because he believes that I'm up to no good and, and I'm suspicious. So therefore, it doesn't matter about the law. I'm just going to be detained against my will. And then I told him I wanted to go. So I, I keep those things. And I think it's really important to get officers to say that because that's the grounds for the whole entire conversation that sets the tone, right? So is this a consensual encounter or is this a detainment? And if it is a detainment, what's your RAS, your reasonable articulable suspicion that I'm committing a crime about to commit a crime or, you know, have committed a crime. So it's important to set that base, that tone for the rest of the interaction. So once that was out of the way, you know, I had explained to you, I'm wearing a bulletproof vest because there's been a lot of stuff going on. People are throwing bottles. People are shooting, you know, these rioters and looters, uh, you know, with pepper rounds and all kinds of stuff. And so I'm wearing that because I don't want to get shot. You know, so I'm trying to humanize myself with uh, with Sergeant Fitzy. And, uh, you know, at some point in the conversation, he did bring up, well, you know, you're back here, you're wearing body armor, you're filming, your face is covered. And so what I wanted to do then is flip that on him because really everything that he just explained, he's doing. So I just said, well, you know, you're back here, you're wearing body armor, you're filming, I hope, and your face is covered. And I think at that point, it was kind of like, oh, shit. You know, so the reality is the reason they don't feel like it's normal is because it's a civilian, right? It's okay for anyone else who's in law enforcement to show up wearing body armor, filming, and a face mask, but not for the civilian. And, and we've got to get rid of that. They're not above us. They're not different than us. They don't dictate what's, what's okay and what's not okay. So in a professional manner, I just said, hey, we're the same. You're wearing you know, the same stuff that I'm wearing. Why is that weird? If you're saying it's weird, you got to explain it to me because we're all doing the same thing. Um, you know, so, so I think that's important. Um, and so we kind of covered that and I think, uh, he did it. He, he was persistent in asking me, why won't you give me your name and stuff? And I said, well, you can just call me good citizen. Uh, and so he said, okay. Um, uh, you know, and we kind of went about, we went about, uh, the rest of, of that interaction. My overall rating for that police department is, is a B. I would say it's a B. And the reason I give it a B instead of an A is because of two things. Number one, they showed up with a lot of force. There wasn't, and I, and I kind of understand that. So, so I'm not going to say that that's terrible. Um, I, I totally get why 
you would have a couple of officers go out and, and have that conversation. Um, that being said, I think, I, I don't know, I guess, if I were in their shoes, how I would play it. So I'll give that one a go. But but then with the continued pursuing of my name, that that's where I'd say it's a B. So though he wasn't aggressive, and I think he already realized that I wasn't going to be intimidated into just giving information that I don't need to and that uh, you know in, invades my, uh, my, my rights, um, I think he still could have just realized, okay, I... I don't have any need for that information. And uh, so he doesn't want to give it. He doesn't have to give it. The other thing that he had said too, and then in that interaction, and part of the reason why I give it a B is uh, he said, just because you can legally do something doesn't mean you should. Yeah, that's wrong. In fact, I would actually say it's the opposite. Um, not enough people, you know, uh, stick up for and stand their ground on their rights. And I think that's why we're in the position that we're in, in in our entirety as a society is people are not flexing those muscles and, and they're going into atrophy. And, and if you, it, you know, the constitution and your rights are a muscle. If you do not use it, you lose it because you keep giving ground and giving ground and giving ground. And all of a sudden, well, we can't get all the way back until crazy events like the George Floyd killing happen. And then we try to take ground really quickly and there's this big skirmish, and then you have these other people who just want, you know, civil unrest and whatever, instead of trying to to go back to what the founding fathers envisioned. And I think that's so important. The Constitution is is the framework for our country, and if we don't continue to to use those things um, to hold people accountable and to keep ourselves safe, uh, we're going to lose it. So really important. Anyways, I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. I'll wrap it up from here. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel, The Rowdy Podcast, and then my PayPal will be in the link in the description below. Um, So that's it. You guys stay safe. Be safe. Be smart. Continue to exercise your rights, and don't, uh, don't ever give in when you don't need to. Talk to you soon. Rowdy out.